Father God, we are here for you. These, your children, have testified to your goodness. And it glorifies you. Your word is living, it's active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces and divides. It cuts us to the heart. And we respond, what should we do? (laughs) And you are clear. Believe and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that today I can even make that statement, that phrase clearer. Help me do so, just like you have all week. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we are in a series called More Hope, and I'm going to start right at the beginning, all right? If you were here in September, you saw this slide more and more, okay? This is our theme for the year because I'm trying to communicate to you there is so much more to God than you think is possible. In your wildest dreams, you haven't even scratched the surface of the power and the presence of God Almighty. I don't think you understand that still. but And, and I'm, I struggle even to be like, there's more, really? Yes, keep seeking Him. All right. And savoring him. We'll get to that. All right. So I'm going to give you a little run through of what we've been talking about. First, we said more urgency. Because I was like, y'all got to want it, <laughs> right? Let's go. And so we were in Mark immediately, immediately, immediately. He keeps on saying it, urgency, right? And then we were in more consistency. As we went through the New Testament, we kind of read it in chronological order, throwing the Gospels around on holidays like Christmas and Easter. But more consistency right? Refusing to give up. I'm not going to give up. I want to be that middle cup. I want to be full all the time. That's consistency. I don't want to be down, up, down, up, down, up, shove the Holy Spirit to my big toe. Okay, now you can have all of me. Shove him to my big toe. Now you can have all of me. Like, that's crazy stuff. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Let him fill you and keep filling you and wash you and pour out of you. Like, let's go. Consistency. That's what we're looking for. All right? Now, we went to Christmas, and we studied the book of Luke. And in Luke, we said, more, more Jesus. Right? And we got all of these different P words, preeminence and presence and power and all these things about Jesus and who he is. Okay? That was Christmas. And it looks like Christmas, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks kind of Christmas. Oh, it's a Christmas series. All right. And then we went to more power. Nothing like starting off the new year with more power. Right? God's power in the church. That's what we've been seeking, right? That's what we want, and that's what we're praying for, and that's what we're gathering for, and that's what we're pursuing. And so we preached on that. All right. Then we got into this series called More Courage, and it couldn't have been as timely as it was. I mean, like, strength during uncertain times. During that series, a war started, right? I mean, this world is crazy. People do nuts things. Sometimes I do nuts things. And I'm like, what was that? Why? More courage. We have to have more courage. We want to build up that courage. Because it's coming, folks. I don't know when, but it won't be long. Some of us are going to be thrown into prison. Some of us are going to, if we're going to stand for the truth, this, what we're saying, even as loving as we want to be, 
is going to be called hate speech. It's going to be called worse. And we're going to be put to the test. But endure till the end. All right? More courage. And then we got to Good Friday and Easter, right? More and more Jesus from Matthew. And we studied that. Significant events in the life of Jesus. And go to the Easter one. So it was Good Friday there and Easter there. And we were in that series for five weeks. Four weeks, five series, five sermons. Now we are going to finish the rest of the New Testament. And we only have two books left. We've read 25 books. Come on now. 25 out of 66 in the whole Bible, but we're going to get two more, and they're not small books, and they are not, let's say, for the faint of heart. I mean, they're great, but they're deep. And as I was studying it and looking at it, I'm like, what, God, do you want us to title this last thing? And I'll give the credit to my sister Cheryl. She's like, well, if you're going to talk about these two passages... You need to talk about more hope. And I started to study it. I said, there's hope all over this. Hope is all over John. Hope is all over Revelation. Wouldn't think of that, would you? You're thinking about all the destruction, the tribulation. There's hope. All right, and, and here's the thing. There's this, there's this theme of water. Remember I had the picture up here? Oh, it'll be up here again. There's this theme of water and pouring and pouring and living water and overflowing and let it run and river and flow and this is not the dead sea we're talking about this isn't i got saved one day and i'm good this is continue on keep being poured into and keep being poured out of every day all day long let's go okay so i'm going to throw a couple verses up there just kind of set the stage for that John 4.14, the water that I will give him, funny that he's saying him because he's talking to a woman, just a catch, the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I think he might have even said something about that. I want that. Sometimes we get saved, we're like, I have eternal life. Someday Jesus will come back, and that'll be awesome. Uh, wrong kind of salvation. That might be salvation here. Oh, I see Jesus, he's cool. But that's not salvation here. I'm seeking Jesus. Or salvation here, I'm savoring Jesus. You'll get it in a second. Second. John 7, 38, and there's so much around this, 37 through 39, but just, just take this snippet. Whoever believes in me, do you believe in Jesus? By sight? By seeking, by heart, or by in spirit, right? Savoring him. There's, there's just some different hope here, right? They're all hopeful, but I'm going to give you kind of levels. It can start here at your head. It can get here to your heart. And it's going to get to your spirit, your soul, your innermost being. Sometimes they call it the bowels or the kidneys or the guts, right? Because they don't know what to call it. Because you can't put your finger on it. Where's your soul? Oh, I didn't learn that in anatomy. <laughs> Where's your spirit? I'm, uh, I'm, uh, it's there. 
and it will live forever. Okay. Whoever believes in me, out of his heart, his being, will flow rivers of living water. All right? So, this slide, more hope, is going to be with us for now seven weeks. All right? And we're going to study more and more, but living water for life. That's what we're going to get after. Living water for life. Okay, so let me, let me just get some quick stuff here. Hope in God, because I've got to roll. Hope in God. Do you have hope in God? If we're going to have more hope, first we've got to put our hope in God. Right? Let's just start there. Do you hope in God, or are you like, what the heck, God? Like, that was good. I mean, sometimes I'm like, well, there's no hope here. I'm like, what's up? Yeah, it's okay. Sometimes we get there, right? Hope in God. Now, I just got to say this. Um, I preached through John not that long ago. Who was here when I preached through John? The book of John. Okay, well, several of you were here. 10, 12 of you were here. All right, now. I went back and looked at the messages. I read every message that I preached. 17 messages, right? Right here, from John 1 through 7. 17 of them. And I just got to tell you, I couldn't, they're good messages. It's truth in love. And dude, I, I, I hesitate to even say this because I don't want you to feel how I felt this week. It was hard. Because this was some of the hardest time of our church. Staff leaving, elders writing nasty letters. I mean, this is some of the hardest time. Going through such a hard time. Preaching these messages. But I'm telling you, as I read back through them, there's good truth in there. But it's missing something. It's seeing Jesus. It might even be seeking Jesus. But it's not close to savoring Jesus. So today I want to preach from a different perspective. Right? From a full of the Holy Spirit, right? Different outlook on life. And I want you all to get there. I want you all to get there. It sounds so like you could arrive too. Like everybody that's saved in Jesus Christ wants to invite people to be saved in Jesus Christ, right? Isn't it naturally in you? You're like, oh, you need to be saved too. You know what they're thinking? You think you're better than me. So you got to do it with such wisdom. You've got to ask the right questions. You've got to love so well. You can't let your passion overcome what God's trying to do. Right. When you get baptized, it's still there. Okay, good. When you get baptized, it's the same thing. They're like, you all need to be baptized, right? I believe, but now I'm baptized. I told everybody about Jesus, and I'm his guy. I'm his gal. And you know what? What will bristle people more than anything is when they've been infant baptized and they don't understand immersion, and they're like, you think you're better than me? Sometimes I preach, and people look at me like, you think you're better, don't you? And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm just telling you what the Word of God has taught me. You can only teach what you've learned, correct? 
I will take it a step further. <laughs> now I'm off the mat, so to speak. Now, now I'm feeling naked about it, right? Like, oh, that, I've been learning that for a long time. That wasn't hard. But now I'm out here in left field. Talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. People go, you think you're better than me? No. Think I'm a sinner saved by grace, baptized by immersion, right? And somehow there was more baptized in the Spirit with some fullness, some, I, I don't know, like there's something flowing out of me now. I totally relate. And there's certain things I can't do anymore. I just can't do it. It's not like you don't sin. Trust me, you sin. There's tests, there's temptations. That's part of growth. Failure is part of growth. But when I fail now in my journey, man, do I feel the love of God. Do you feel, did you ever feel the love of God? <laughs> like, like, I am like feeling the love of God. Like, I've sinned in such a gross way, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I stink. I sin. I'm like back on the mat. And God's like, I love you. You failed. What did you learn from the test? Let's move on. I love you. Jesus paid for that. I paid for that. I gave you the Holy Spirit. Let him go out. Don't stuff him. It's crazy good. And I want it. And I want more. I want to be over here, off the, off the charts, right, where people can't see you anymore. I want to go to heaven in prayer. I want to, I want to like, let's go. There's so much more. Walk out the door, go down the hallway, up the stairs, to the next building. Like, keep going in every classroom. The Holy Spirit wants to teach you. All right, now, I'm off my rant. But everywhere you go, every decision you make, somebody's saying, you think you're better than me. And I think we've got to stop that nonsense. I can honestly say, I look at Pastor Bob, and I'm like, I want to be like that. Right? I want to pray like that. I want to speak like that. I want to think like that. I could say that. And I'm not like, whoa, you think you're better than me? No. He doesn't. He thinks he's worse. But that's what humility does. The closer you get to heaven, the closer you get to the Holy Spirit, the closer you get to God, the more you're like Paul. I'm the chief of sinners. We all need to pick someone in the room or maybe outside the room and say, man, just a little farther, please. And if I wasn't at Pastor Bob's on, on Wednesday night, and we were praying, and he showed us something and said, this is a miraculous thing that happened over here in Congo or Paris, I can't remember where, and it was like, and he's like, I want to be like that! And I'm like, yeah, me too! Nobody's arrived! Okay, so with that in mind, can we at least see what hope in God is like can I give you some steps, some levels, some ways that hope might show up in your life? And could, I think they kind of pro progress. So let me give it to you. 
Okay, first thing, and I'm not going to go to a ton of scriptures. I could go to like many of them, all right? This is like an overview of chapters 1 through 7. I could go chapter and verse, like probably could get each one of these from each chapter and several verses, okay? So here, here's the first thing, and I'm not, I'm doing that because of sake of time, okay? All right? I'm not doing it because I can't, I don't know what the word says or what, I, I can't get to it, all right? I, I'm doing it for sake of time. We have, we have to hustle. I don't even know what time it is. He's got my phone. I don't know what time it is. The monitor's off. We're having some trouble today. I really don't know what time it is. I'm just going to roll, all right? Thank you. The first thing, I'll look at it here. Three ways, okay? Jesus brings me hope. Seeing Jesus serves my mind. I got cute with the S's, serves. You, you could throw that away. G, sir, seeing Jesus helps me. It helps me. But how does it help me? It helps me mentally. Did it help the disciples mentally? Yeah. When he came face to face with them and he talked with authority and power, they were like, who are you? It helped them mentally. You could see it all through John. Right? When he rose from the dead... Thomas like, I ain't going to believe until I what? Until I see him and I put my hands. It helps us mentally. Seeing Jesus helps us mentally. Okay? And it, it's not a bad thing. And Jesus wants to show up in your life. And he probably is showing up in your life. And maybe you're acknowledging, maybe you're not. He's showing up. But here's, here's the way he shows up in my life. Every day. I see Jesus. Every day. Eyewitness account of John. This is who he is. Okay? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I think that the Holy Spirit helped John out with that. Okay? Because he wasn't there. And he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Skip down, verse 9. The true light, which gave light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world. That's the world system. And the world, that's the planet, was made through him. Yet the world, that's the people, did not know him. Three different words for world. He came to his own, his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believe in his name, see him in person or see him through the word, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Who were born, this is key. You can't birth yourself. It didn't work when you came out of your mom. You didn't do it, she did. And you can't birth yourself into the Spirit. God does that. Who were born not of the blood. I love the way you read it. Not of, not of the blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, husband, whatever, however you said that, that was great. But of God. Born of God. That's salvation. You have to be born of God. You're not saved unless you're born again, unless you're born from above, unless you're born of God. And it, it says it in chapter 3, it says, born of the Spirit. <laughs> End of verse 8. You're not saved if you're not born again. 
okay? Okay, well, how do I get saved? I want to have hope. You said you would give me hope in God. Here's the first step. Repent. Repent of sin. That's the key to unlock the door to salvation. You want to have a part? You have to be born from above. You have to be born of God. But you want a part? Agree with God and repent of your sin. See, what happens is something supernatural. God's grace unlocks your faith. And the way you show your faith is by repenting of your sin and saying, I'm wrong, you're right. You paid, I'm receiving. Thanks for the gift. And it changes you. And you'll lift different. But he's not done yet. All right? Second thing. Seeking. Seeking Jesus surrenders my heart. <laughs> the more you seek God, there's going to be some painful times. There's going to be some death to yourself. That's part of the journey. Keep seeking Him. It's worth it all. Keep surrendering yourself to Him. Keep surrendering your heart, your passions to Him. That's the second level of hope, right? Where I think being saved offers me a ton of hope. I got eternal life. Someday, I grew up in a church, someday when Jesus comes back, woo! Let's go! Come on! But like, what about now? Just stink now. Just uh, your way through life until it all gets so bad until you want to die. And then Jesus hopefully will come through the clouds and like, ta-da! If that's what our hope is in, we might be barely saved. We don't understand it all. We're not living in eternal life. We're looking for or to eternal life. This next thing, seeking God, is living in eternal life, right? Or at least a step closer, right? All right, so seeking Seeking Jesus surrenders my heart. And I want to go to these passages so bad. But I, I, ah. So, here's what happens when you seek God. You're going to have crisis of faith. Several of them. It's not going to be one. You're going to have a lot of them. Oh, that, Lord? Oh, I don't know if I can give that. And he's going to teach you how to give that to him. How to surrender. How to die. And you know what? I went through a pretty big crisis of faith. Literally, May 2020, I thought God hated me. You know that verse, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated? I was like, well, clearly I'm Esau. Birthright somewhere else. God's loving somebody else. I'll just, uh, you know, God hates me. That's sad. Because he doesn't. But you've all been there. And if you haven't, you will be. So remember I said it now. God doesn't hate you. It doesn't matter what happens, what your circumstance is. When your circumstances and God's character collide, just remember this. 
God's character says above all else, I love you. Don't lose that in the struggle. Keep seeking him because he loves you. That's the only reason you love him anyway. Because he loved you first. 1 John 4. He loves you. Seek him. So, in the crisis of faith, if this would give you some hope, you could go to Psalm chapter 42 and 43. They should be together, but they're two things. It's Psalm 42 and 43. And David's basically like, why is it so hard? Again. Why do you forsake me, God? Uh, Again. But even in doing that, what is he doing? He's seeking God. God, I know you're out there. I want you. What about you? Where are you? Even my enemies say, where's your God? Don't you feel like that sometimes? When things are tough at work? When it isn't going well for you, it doesn't smell like all roses, and they're like, well, you're saved. It's supposed to be pretty for you. Come on now. You know it's true. I'm not lying today. <laughs> like, everybody's looking at us like we should have some, like, golden spoon. Well, I kind of do. I'm living an eternal life, but I'm still living on this earth. My feet are still getting dirty every week. That's why i got to come back for communion and wash my feet again. <laughs> right? John 13. All right, got to keep going. Seek Jesus. Seeking Jesus surrenders my heart. That's another layer of hope. When you're seeking him and you're surrendering your heart to him, your heart is being changed. And you, your passions, your desires, everything's changing for you. And you're becoming way closer to God. He's killing it off in a loving way. And you're becoming more like him. All right. Now, when he does that, holiness is a thing. And the Holy Spirit is a thing. And what I found is, in order to really die to self, I had to do something. Through all this struggle, what I needed to do is I needed to receive the Holy Spirit. I, it, it, and you're like, oh, I thought I already received the Holy Spirit. Yep, yep, yep. Born again, right? You received a payment, a down payment, a guarantee, a deposit. Those are all the words the Bible uses. A seal, right? It says Jesus was sealed. Okay, yeah, yeah, we saw the Holy Spirit. He resor- resided on him, right? All right, and then what? Then he died, and then he rose again, right? Come on now. There's more power then. All right, so here, you got this. Over here, and it's, I don't know how to explain it any different than just, just, could you ask, could you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you? Better yet, ask Jesus to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Here's what John says. John the Baptist says it so clear, it's like his testimony, it's like, duh. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, God... Whenever you're like, well, what in the world? Like, you're just talking like God spoke. Uh, he does. And when you hear him, you kind of want to say it. And not like make it up like, well, I, I, I know some cool stuff. You're like, God said. 
giving him the credit. And that's what's happening here. He says, the one who sent me, God, said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Don't know how I missed that. I mean, I guess I kind of, wow, you're baptized with the Holy Spirit when you're saved, and so blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm just telling you, there's something over here, another step of hope. If you'd like more hope, if you're like, I just don't have enough hope, receive the Holy Spirit. Just ask Him for more. If it, if it makes it more palatable for you, receive more of the Holy Spirit. Receive the most of the Holy Spirit. Receive the fullness. Where once you were filled, now you'll be full. If that helps, but the Bible calls it baptism. I know it's a transliteration, not a translation. You don't know what that means? They took the word baptizo, and because they didn't want to call it immersion, which is what the meaning is, because they wanted to infant baptize, they just left it, and they're like, baptism. Baptizo, baptism. Yeah, that, that's what it means. And ever since then, we're all messed up. So what am I saying? Seek to be dipped in the Spirit. Okay? Seek to be immersed, soaking wet in the Spirit. All right? That's what I'm talking about. Not talking like a little like I sprinkled your feet. Not talking about like you got your feet wet now. You're in the world. <laughs> Newborn. Okay? I'm talking like immersed. All right. Now, could happen at the same time. I'm not saying it can't. But I'm just saying, seeing Jesus will help your mind. Seeking Jesus. Seeking Jesus. Okay? Surrenders your heart. Okay, no. We're in a whole different world over here. And this is where I want to live. This is the zip code I want to be in. All right? That's all cool. Preached a lot of messages trying to figure that out. But late last night, as I was praying, on my knees, going, God, I don't get it. He's like savoring. That's what we're talking about. Savoring. Jesus. Savoring Jesus. Like, what does that mean? Savoring Jesus. Savoring Jesus soothes my soul or my spirit. You could say either, whatever you believe, but like, savoring Jesus soothes my soul. It's like a balm. It's like a constant, like, somebody scratching your back. It's like a constant, like, somebody, you know, teenage boys don't like this, but, like, when your mom's doing this with your hair, it's like a constant, like, touch from heaven. And we're savoring God? The amount of hope, and I don't know what's over here, or I'd preach it. I would. You know I would. But the amount of hope over here it's like times 10 times 100. Okay? So I'm saved. Yes! Woo! Right? Times 10. I'm seeking him now. I'm not just saved. I'm not just seeing Jesus intellectually. I'm surrendering my heart. All right. When you get over here, <laughs> 
your spirit and the Holy Spirit are lining up. And that doesn't happen 24-7 quite yet for me, but I want it to so bad. I want to be surrendered so, so sold out that you can just feel it washing over you all the time. I don't know what to say to that. I don't know what to do with this situation. But God gives it to you in the moment. He just gives it to you. He gives you the right passage. He gives you the right word to speak. He's speaking to you. He's leading you. If you're listening, if you're yielded, this, this is just, it's just, I've been trying to explain this for how many years? This is the best I can explain it. See with your mind. That's great. Seek with your heart. That's awesome. But savor him in your soul, in your spirit. All right, so let's practice that. You guys ready? No, you're not ready. I want to go home. All right, let's practice that. I want to do communion. Can you see some communion here? Great. All right, you see some communion here. That's good. That's step one. There's some hope that you might get communion then, huh? You see it? There it is. It's right there. All right. I see it. All right, there it is. All right. But would you seek for it? Would you seek for it? There's only like five, six up here. But across the auditorium, not up in the balcony, but across the auditorium, there's enough for everyone. Would you seek for it? You're like, man, this just seems like kids' church. Yeah. I don't want to be a kid. This is the illustration. Would you seek and find Jesus? Because if you're willing to do that, then you got a lot more hope than just seeing him. All right? Okay, then would you be willing to like rip this open with me and savor it? The fact that, did you read chapter 6? Eat my body, eat my flesh. They all left. Drink my blood. They're like, you're weird. And he's like, the spirit. I'm talking about the spiritual things. If you don't understand physical things, how are you going to understand spiritual things, he says. All right, you guys ready? If you're willing. Might be under your chair. Might be around you. On a chair. Might, might be. Let's go. Seek. You will find. Hotter. Hotter. <laughs> Seek. You will find. There you go. Get one for your wife. There you go. Some teenage kid is going to find communion at some point and be like, hey, what's this? And maybe they'll take it and, and be saved. That'd be awesome. That was too easy, Austin. Look at that. I got them all over there. There you go. Anybody need some? Anybody need some? Austin knows where a bunch are. Need one, James? Austin knows where they are. Hang right. Hang right. Look right. There you go. Right there. Look right. Look right. It's going to bite you. It's awesome. Isn't that fun? Okay, so here's the thing. It's just an illustration. It's just an illustration. But it proves the point, right? Now when you leave here today, maybe you've come to church and you've like, oh, I see Jesus. That's great. But now listen. There's some down here, John. Need one? 
Here, I'm throwing it to you. You ready? Bam. I see Jesus. John, you looking? Go around the corner. Go around the corner. Go around the corner. Oh, did he take them all down? He took them all. Some more on this uh, pillar over here. There's a big bag down here in the front. If you guys want the bag. Well done, though, seeking, John. Keep seeking him, John. There's a big bag down here in front. But there's a bunch. There's five of them on the wall over there. Yeah, there you go. All right. So here's the point. You've come to church. You've seen Jesus, okay? You've seen Jesus. Man, none of us were nice enough to just hand you one. Come on. Come on. All right. You've seen Jesus. In the scriptures, with your mind, you got to trust the eyewitness accounts, right? There's many. The most reliable book on earth. <laughs> but then, if you'll seek him this week, right? If you'll, if you'll go hard after him. You can seek him in the word. You can seek him in prayer. Don't neglect prayer. Don't neglect prayer. Talk to God. That's how he knows you know he's real. If you don't talk to God, he's not quite sure you think he's real, even though he knows he's real. <laughs> but then over here, right? Let's take communion together, huh? Like his body. Can you savor it with me? This is the body of God in flesh, broken for us, ripped in two, so you can walk through the curtain. And be in the presence of God Almighty. Think about that. Man, his body's broken for you. And this, the cup. Nah, I'm just not savoring it right there. I'm like, it's, we gotta go. It's time. I mean, relax, right? Make some room for the Lord. This is his blood. One drop of his blood, enough to redeem all for all eternity. Did he shed one blood? One drop? No. He was emptied. We savor. We savor the fact that Jesus, God in flesh, died to save us. His blood covers our sin. Now, you could even say it a better way. He swallowed. He says what? I drank the cup. I drank the cup that my father had for me. The cup of God's wrath is drank by Jesus. It's gone. Now think about that as you leave here. The grace upon grace that God has for you because Jesus took it all. His blood. Do this in remembrance. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I have a lot of hope in God because I see him in the scriptures because I seek him daily. And man, am I learning how to savor him? And I want you to learn how to savor him too because you know what? When we savor him, it's life-altering. Not like seeing him wasn't life-altering. 
Not like seeking him isn't life-altering, but savoring him. Man. Let's go for that. Keep going. More hope. Next week, more hope. More hope. More hope. Let's stand. Let's just sing this on the way out. If you need to go, I've kept you late. I don't know how long because I have no clock. But uh, I guess I'm not really worried about the time, am I, then? Father God, thank you for letting these people gather today. I hope they feel loved. I hope they feel encouraged. But more than any of my hopes, God, I hope in a biblical sense they feel the Spirit here. And as they make room for the Holy Spirit, as they make room for Jesus Christ, as they make room for your love in their hearts, Father, oh man, may they savor every bit. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.